You're listening to the Docs and More podcast with Lovejeet Daliwal. My guest today is one half of a very fruitful and creative partnership. She's worked on a number of documentary films for both television and theatrical release as a producer and executive producer, winning critical acclaim around the world. Just some of the films include The Lovers and the Despot, 37 Uses for a Dead Sheep, Black Power Salute, Imagines Oliver Eliasson and Dolce Vita Africana. Natasha Dakujumu, welcome to the Docs and More podcast. Thanks for having me. Now, you've worked on a number of films, some for television, some for cinematic release. Which do you prefer? I don't think you can choose, really, because I think it's all about the, you know, the story that you're telling and, and, and the way it needs to be told. So, uh, you know, obviously with TV, you can reach a really wide audience. If that's your kind of ultimate goal, then I guess, you know, TV. But maybe there's more freedom with a theatrical film, possibly. You know, you can tell it in a more creative way. Working as a producer, what actually draws you to, to a story? What is it that you look out for or that you can pick up on? And you think, oh, great, you know, that's what I want to work on. Well, there are a couple of things. I think, has this story been told before? And if it has been told before, then is the way of telling it innovative and add a different take on it? And I guess it's also who, who's making that film. So is it a director that I'm, I'm really keen to work with? So a couple of things that come into play. And how much creative input do you like to have in films? Or does it vary from project to project? I think it varies from project to project, but I'm not interested in being a kind of, you know, producer who just comes in and sorts things out. I'd much rather be involved in in it from the start. So discussing the ideas and the approach yeah, you know, and all the way through to the edit as well, being involved in the edit too. So not in a kind of heavy-handed kind of way. You were also involved in one of my favourite films, 37 Uses for a Dead Sheep. How on earth did that film come about? And can you tell us a bit about the film? Oh, it's really nice to hear you say that. That's a particular favourite of mine as well. Um, so so that film came about because Nikki, my business partner, um, fellow producer at Tiger Lily, she had produced a film with a director called Ben Hopkins, which was called Footprints. And it was about um, cluster bombs and the effect of cluster bombs on the landscape. So we filmed it in Afghanistan and Laos around 2002. And it was actually funded by an NGO. So it wasn't meant to have, you know, it, we didn't make it with the intention of it having a broadcast release. But Nick Fraser at Storyville saw the film and, and acquired it for the Storyville Strand and then um, and then he asked us at a meeting if we had any other ideas so Ben the direct Ben Hopkins the director had been thinking about uh, doing a film with the Kyrgyz tribe who he'd encountered when he was in Turkey and um, he found out a bit about their their story originally they'd come from Afghanistan and um, and they had such an interesting 20th century history that he wanted to tell that story, so he pitched it to Nick Fraser, and uh, and Nick got it immediately, and uh, and then we spent about two years trying to convince other broadcasters and financiers, you know, to come on board, and eventually got round to making it a couple of years later once we'd raised the finance. I think it was a really difficult project to pitch as a documentary because we were going to do reconstructions of certain elements of the Kyrgyz history. 20th century history with with them involved in those in those reconstructions 
I mean, I've got to say that the one part of it I do love is because it does have these reconstruction elements, but you don't, it's kind of done in such a way, in such a creative way, that it really adds to the film. I'm really glad you picked up on that because what, what, we, what we wanted to do was, was in dramatising certain parts of, of, that, of that history of that particular tribe, we wanted to evoke the period in which you know, that particular incident or event had happened. So, for example, when, when we talked about the, you know, the, the sort of Russian involvement in, in Afghanistan, we, we, we shot that in a certain way. And when we talked about the, uh, you know, the exodus that they had as a, as a tribe, all five thousand of them and their animals, to Pakistan in the seventies, we, you know, we, we, we described that in a certain way. And I think Ben's intention throughout was to give it a really cinematic feel. And there were lots of references to films like, you know, The Searchers, The Western, for example. I mean, what I really loved about that film, about the thirty-seven uses for a dead sheep are the reconstruction elements because that really did add to the film I thought but also the way that I mean the tone itself is very light-hearted in, in, in many parts and I just thought it was it was fantastic to actually watch a documentary where you're not left quite depressed. Yeah yeah no, it's very, I think Ben had a very playful approach to telling their, their the incredible history of the tribe and and we use lots of different formats to shoot on so you know super 8 16 mil um and digital obviously as well and yeah and there's one bit where the um i think the, the 16 mil bolex broke and we had to and it was on the day that there was a huge scene to film and and, and we actually included a shot in the documentary of of gary our cameraman sort of pulling all this 16 mil stock out of the camera that got trapped so yeah I think it was a really innovative way to you know we, we, we to, to making this sort of you know ethnographic documentary because there's a very like traditional way of making those sort of films and I Another film I really, really love was uh, Dolce Vita Africana which uh, I just recently saw it's such a life-affirming film. When did that project first come to your notice? Well, the director, Cosima Spender, brought the project to us and it, it kind of went ahead quite quickly, actually. Storyville came on board and we did a pre-sale to um, Arte ZDF. We shot that in Mali in, I think it's 2007, 2008. It's a great film, I've got to say. And it's just like the feeling you get from that film as well. If directors are interested in working with producers or trying to get a producer on board rather than being a PD themselves, what is what would you say are the best tips you would give them if they were thinking of trying to approach a producer? Well, usually a director would approach us with an idea that they wanted to make. So as a producer, I feel like the, you know, if the director's bringing an idea to us, then they, they should know who they see as an audience for that film, where they would see it playing out, whether it's for cinema, and if it's for cinema, then why is it for cinema? Or if it's for TV, then what, you know, what channel, what slot, and so on. So I, th I would suggest that directors should really know the subject that they want to make the film about. And, but, but more than that, you know, kind of know who it's for. Know your audience. Yeah. Because that helps the producer do their job, and part of that job is, you know, is is selling that idea and 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 financing it. 
the I mean the number of films and the broad range of films that you've taken on or you've worked on. Just for example, like this, the Sprinter Factory, which talks about runners in Jamaica. You've obviously got the Black Power Salute, which I've also talked to the director about as well. Um, you've got Teens Film, My Bar Mitzvah's Diary, and then you've got a an arts program for for BBC One for the Imagine series with the artist Oliver Eliasson. It is such a huge variety. How do you actually decide which one you want to take on and push further? Well, I think it's really if it's if it's interesting to me, that's <laughs> that's my criteria for deciding um, what I want to do. And then you know, if it's interesting to me, and then thinking, is there an audience for this film? How easy is it going to be to get it financed? You know, it's just about the passion really do do I really care I you know we, we all know what goes into making a film and it's you know it's time away from your family and from you know your friends and doing things other things that you love so I think you have to feel really passionate about something to get involved in it and uh, and I think also there's a kind of element of of um pushing ourselves as well so for example we hadn't done current affairs as a company and always felt like it was something that was quite unattainable and then a couple of years ago we made two dispatches and we also made an hour-long film um, which was the first film about Harvey Weinstein we made that for Channel 4 and, and I think it was just pushing ourselves to be in that space. What has been a particular joy for you to work on? What have you really enjoyed getting sinking your teeth into? Well I think the brilliant thing about documentaries is that they can take you all over the world and introduce you to really incredible human beings. So a real highlight for me was was meeting Tommy Smith, who was the African-American athlete who put his fist in the air on the victory stand in 1968 at the Mexican Olympics. And um, and, and I know Jeff Small, the director, has talked about this on your podcast as well, but, but that was a real moment, meeting him and the other athletes who took a stand and it's also poignant now as well when you're looking at you know around the world and and the black lives matter movement and all the protests that are taking place and this was for the black power salute film black power, yeah yeah and you know i'm also lucky enough to have traveled to china and mali and all sorts of other countries that might not necessarily have been on my holiday itinerary but it's pretty amazing when you when you turn up in a in a country and and you make a film there well it's a great way to know the country isn't it it's a great way to get yeah. to know the people as well now together with nikki parrot who's your business partner at tiger lily you seem to focus on telling uplifting stories is that deliberate well I, i'm i'm intrigued that you say that they are uplifting because i i feel like they're stories that just need to be told i don't think there's a particular theme going on there but um but I am glad you say they're uplifting as well because I think that's probably what we need right now absolutely and uh, what can we look forward to next what are what are you working on at the moment I'm working on a film about Haiti and Haiti's history um but it's using a an annual carnival in a small town called Jackmel basically this carnival people dress up as characters from Haiti's past so it's a way of talking about Haiti's history, but making it as a contemporary film. And we're also investigating 
subject of toxic masculinity with theatre maker and artist called Javad Alipal. Oh, wow. There's a huge variety of stuff you're working on then. Yeah. As always. Yeah, but, as always. But I, th- yeah, I think it goes back to that thing about, you know, subjects that we that interest us personally and that we want to know more about. So a really good way of doing that is making a film about it. Well, thank you very much, Natasha. You've been listening to the Docs and More podcast with Lovejeet Daliwal. If you enjoyed the show, review and subscribe to the series.